realized that men are no longer going to be interested in the woman with the fake nails because we don't have them anymore. The eyelash extensions, we can't get them. I'm gonna run out of makeup soon. Men are gonna want the woman who can catch a chicken and take the feathers off of it or gut a fish or turn some butter or, or whip up some toilet paper, spin it somehow. I can't do any of it. 2020 is your year, farm girls. 2020 is for you. I don't know what I'm going to do. All right, that is one of the many things that has been sent to me through Facebook. Entertaining, but it's not true. It's not true. Now, my wife uh, does not wear a lot of makeup on a regular basis. She doesn't do the fake nails, doesn't do the hair extensions or anything like that. But she did say to me, you know, I haven't, like, gotten all dolled up in a while. I said, babe, get your makeup kit together, and we'll have a we'll have a date night in the house, staying in place. My buddy Jason McGraw is a happily married man. Can your wife relate to that? that lady farm girls this is your year how are you jason i'm good yeah actually my wife is putting together a project right now on our front uh living room she decided she wanted to get some patio furniture so she's actually putting it together right now so yeah this is definitely her year (laughs) (laughs) she she's doing the work because you're still recovering i want to preface this by saying jason mcgraw longtime friend motorcycle riding buddy uh he's a hunter a fisherman a chef she's not a farm girl but uh but she is from the country though is she from out in old monroe okay okay that counts she didn't live on a farm but she definitely used to being out in the country and fending for yourself and taking care of things well of all the people that i know jason you are the very first person that i actually know and have hung out with that has had COVID-19 and you are on the rebound, you're recovering. So tell me about how you're doing right now. It, it started a while ago because I kept seeing on Facebook that you were not feeling well. Of course, everybody's like, go to the hospital, go to the hospital. And you weren't going, but then you went. I'm doing pretty good right now. I'm in the healing stages right now, recovery. Um, mine is not the normal um, tale of uh, COVID-19 because honestly, I mean, it wasn't super bad going through that we we did that at home um and when i really turned the corner on the covid19 and was recovering from it all of a sudden i got hit with uh appendicitis you weren't gonna go because i even mentioned on facebook go to the hospital your wife probably said go to the hospital and you were like nah i can handle it right you said Um, that your one symptom that got you was you were you were having a tough time breathing so that that also probably leaned you into possibly going to the hospital then the good lord said oh you don't want to go let's throw an appendicitis at you we literally were waiting for my test to come back up until the surgery so at this point you are definitely on the men maybe back to what 95 percent oh i wish oh um no i'm, I'm probably at about 70 percent right now um okay. i'm very tired um and then of course my abdomen's very very sore and stuff from the surgery but you know i will tell you the people at Barnes st peter's are phenomenal the medical staff is amazing I can't say thank you enough to how professional and how courteous Dr. Wacker is the one that did my surgery for the appendicitis and, and the nurses and physicians assistants and stuff that I dealt with there were nothing but high class and compassionate and amazing. And 
putting their lives on the line every day dealing with it because I was on the COVID floor. They know every day going into work that this is what they're putting their their life on the line sure. with. And I love them all to death. They were amazing. They treated me so good. I felt I, I wanted for nothing. I, I literally felt like, hey, I don't want to be a burden. And like, no, we're here for you. And wow. they are amazing. Well, this is a great update. Jason McGraw, thank you very much for uh, joining me on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. And I'm glad you're on the mend and uh, uh, keep working towards that 100%. I'm sure you're going to be fine now. Go ahead and continue watching your wife put together furniture for the uh, patio. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch her put together this backyard (laughs) furniture. I mean, she's just doing a great job. I gave her some tools and she's got the table done right now. She just updated me. So, I mean, hey. There you go. Beautiful. Coming up next, we have a couple that is known as the savvy couple and they can help you keep that spark alive in your marriage even though we are all staying in place and self-quarantining it's coming up next on the voice of st louis kmox get home fast and informed total information pm starts weekdays at four on st louis's news radio kmox and kmox.com It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX, and my guests now are actually a couple, a very savvy couple. Please welcome in Kellen and Brittany Klein. Welcome to KMOX. How are you guys doing? Excellent. How are you? Uh, Happy to be here. Yeah, well, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk with us. You know, there's uh, there's so much going on in the world and so much not going on in the world that I thought that this was going to be very timely uh, to talk about what your article was. The, the article that I came across was the 13 Ways to Reignite Passion and Love for a Happy Marriage. And I, I, I felt that it was timely because from the SavvyCouple.com, uh, it's about family, finance, and freedom. How did you guys come up with this idea to do this top 13 list? Um, it's really just kind of serving our audience. We have a, a readership of couples that are looking to better their marriage and better their money. Um, so it's really kind of hitting, hitting home to what their needs are and what they're going through. And it's just a timely article to kind of get out in the, in the world right now with uh, the difficult with the coronavirus going on and kind of help couples deal with going through this and being stuck in the same household together and, and not kill each other. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Uh, you know, uh, it, it is kind of a crazy time because my wife and I, we've been together, uh, this may will be 20 years. Um, and you know, she, she has her own art studio on one end of the house and I have my recording studio on the other end of the house, but we come together for meals and afternoon coffee. Um, but in those times where you're having problems communicating, can you speak to that being the most important part of uh, of a couple is the communication part. How do you, how do you make sure that's okay? Yeah, I think, uh, I think a good marriage has three different things. It has good communication, has empathy. So you can kind of understand where both, both of you guys are at in certain situations and then it has love. Um, and I think it's important to understand how your spouse communicates and effectively mm-hmm. communicates. Um, me and Brittany have taken a bunch of different, uh, tests and studies to figure out how we communicate well together. Um, we know that I'm really good with my my words and being able to communicate effectively. And Brittany's an excellent listener, and vice versa. I'm a terrible listener, and she <laughs> kind of struggles to get her words out effectively. So as she giggles in the background to confirm, <laughs> I don't make any comments. Right. Yeah. So kind of just understanding what strengths and weaknesses are, and having empathy, and understanding that everyone communicates different. Um, males and females, especially, we communicate completely different. Ain't and, that the uh, truth? And it's just working together to to get through that. 
Well, the old book, uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, is is true. We're just different. We're different uh, types of the same species. And, you know, how long have you guys uh, been married? Can I ask? We've been married for seven years, and we're high school sweethearts. So we've been together since 2005. Wow, that's fantastic. Congratulations to you guys. Um, uh, finances is is really a, a topic that a lot of people can uh, fight about, and it's easy to fight about. It's difficult for so many people uh, to talk about, even couples. And you guys uh, mentioned that as the number three thing uh, on your list of the 13. Uh, but focusing on your finances, how can you get over that hump to make things especially in this time because people are losing jobs and, and, you know, they're having, you know, to, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul in some instances. How do you guys uh, get people to focus on the finances? Yeah, I think this situation has actually really opened up a lot of people's eyes on how bleak their financial situation was to start with. Um, It's, it's proven that uh, arguments about finances are the number one cause for divorce. Um, And that's something that we've seen personally in our own lives with family and friends and, something that we're really passionate about trying to help um, curve that that divorce rate with getting on the same page with finances. And we're actually putting together a marriage money boot camp, um, which is just going to be a free course on our blog. But it's basically going to help your spouse and you get on the same page with your dream life. So kind of planning out what you're both expecting and what's your ideal life situation look like. And that really gives you a target to aim for. And then from there on, there's challenges that kind of help you figure out and navigate those difficult conversations on getting on the same page with what you prioritize in life, what should be spending money on and kind of put together, we call it a money plan is your budget that you both agree on and can stick to. And uh, do you, do you recommend the couples do the bills and that kind of thing together or does usually one take the lead? Because for a long time, my wife did all the finances and uh, then I started working more from home and then I, I was doing the online bill pay thing. So I've kind of taken the reins of the bill paying. Um, is, is that the best way to go having one or the other or doing it as a, as a joint effort? Um, we think that there's like a good balance on um, Kellen. He does most of the finance stuff, but I'm definitely included in it. We have a weekly marriage meeting and in what? our marriage meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I like this idea. Yep. In our uh, weekly marriage meetings, there's a section where we just briefly talk about the budget and break down different expenses that are coming up within the next week and different things to plan for to really keep us on track with that dream and our, our financial goals. Man. Yeah, it's really setting aside that time to be purposeful with your marriage and purposeful with your communication. Um, just a quick check in. It takes us five, 10 minutes and we just kind of get on the same page for the entire the entire week. Wow, that's fantastic. Okay, so uh, number four on your list of the 13 things was do new activities together. Uh, Can you name something new that you guys have done besides quarantining? That's not an activity. Uh, What have you guys, uh, uh, you know, do you you figure out new stuff? Do you look at each other and go, hey, do you want to try bowling? What, What do you recommend for couples to do? Yeah, so obviously everyone has different interests. Um, Brittany's always been really supportive in mine. I'm, I like to play sports three, four times a week with my buddies. Um, and Britt's more of an introvert, so she likes to stay inside. So I support her Netflix binging. Um, <laughs> but as far as doing new things together, I think it's it's important to keep your relationship kind of adventurous and uh, figure out new things to do. Recently, I think it was two weeks ago, Brittany busted out. We did a, a date night, had our daughter down around seven o'clock and Brittany busted out the old GameCube and we started playing Mario party together <laughs> back to fun memories when we were growing up. So just, just kind of, you know, being, um, 
creative and finding fun ways to spend time together. Well, because this conversation is happening during these, you know, stay at home orders across much of the country and around the world. Um, and, you know, we almost need to take a certain amount of time out of each week to just, you know, the quality, intimate time. Just the number five on your list was touch often. But there's more than just the physical part of it. There's there's a chemical thing that happens. Can you speak to that a little bit? The chemical reaction is kind of endorphins, and um, it's just really making sure that you are touching often. You you know each other's love languages, and you're hitting on those. So love languages, there's five of them. There, Britt, you're gonna have to help me out. With these. I always forget them all. Um, I just know the ones that are that we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously, spending time together, quality time, physical touch. Um, I'm blanking on these five right now. How embarrassing. It's in the article. Uh, Don't worry about it. No worries. Yeah, it's in the article. You can check it out. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're making sure that you're kind of using each other's love languages and making those endorphins go and making that chemical reaction continue to flourish inside your relationship, um, that can be really beneficial. Yeah, I think some of the, those chemicals can run rampant through your brain as well when you're laughing. And my wife and I... There's nothing better than watching my wife laugh. I mean, we we got on. You mentioned Netflixing. By the way, it's supposed to be Netflixing and chill, Dad. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, laughing, laughing is so important. And we we get on these corny, crazy uh, TV shows like Ninety Day Fiance. If you ever want to feel good about your relationship, watch <laughs> watch some of those. Uh, but, but it is important to laugh. I mean, because in you know when you're 80, that may be all you have left to do besides hold a hand. Very right. true. Very true. Yeah. I, uh, I think I mentioned this a long time ago to Brett. I said, my job in life every day is to make you laugh. And I, I take that true to my heart. I try to make her giggle and laugh every single day. That's awesome. Well, uh, congratulations on the baby. I, I do want to uh, thank you both, uh, Kellen and Brittany Klein from The Savvy Couple. Now, this is your your website. This is your business, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yes, it is. Uh, if you want to just uh, speak to our listeners about uh, th- some of the things that you do, is it is there a, a pay? Do you have to uh, sign up as a membership or you just uh, offer it for the for the offering? Uh, yeah, we're on all social media platforms at The Savvy Couple, and it's just a personal finance blog. We help uh, families organize their life, simplify their finances and unlock the freedom to do more of the things they love. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, one more thing I will pull from this uh, this 13 uh, top ideas uh, that you have is creating a tech-free time in your life. If you want to be shocked at how much time you look at your uh, your phone, there is a screen time calculator on there in your settings. Oh, yeah. That will frighten you. It, it frightened me a couple of months ago when I, I read a story. And I'm like, well, I wonder how much time I've spent. And it was like yeah. 55 hours in a week. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's more than a full-time job. That's scary. Very scary. (laughs) And it's important to put it down and and spend time, whether it's a dinner time or, you know, uh, Netflixing and chill. But that's also a a that's also technology. Um, But I I really want to wish you guys both a ton of luck um, on your website, The Savvy Couple. That's S-A-V-V-Y, The Savvy Couple for Family, Finance and Freedom. Uh, And a big thank you to Kellen and Brittany Klein. Thank you so much for joining me here on The Voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank Thank you. There are many wonderful family-owned businesses in the St. Louis area, and one we're going to talk to next is one you may not know a lot about, but I'm sure you've seen their trucks on the road for over 80 years. Siva King Incorporated is under new family ownership. We're going to talk to Jim Newmeyer coming up next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. 
Hey, it's Bo Matthews, and I have on the phone the new owner of family-owned and St. Louis business, Siva King Incorporated, Jim Newmeyer. Jim, welcome to KMOX. How are you? Hey, thanks, Bo. I'm doing great. Thanks for the opportunity. You know, we've seen Siva King trucks all over the St. Louis metro area for decades, many decades in a row, because you guys are the fuel that moves these big machines, that move these mountains and build these buildings. That's what you guys do. But you do a lot more than that, don't you? Yeah, that's uh, that's true. First of all, an extremely recognizable brand. Uh, most people in St. Louis can't help but drive on a major road and see one of our trucks and uh, and that branded logo that we've had for better part of 85 years. Um, so, yeah, we do much more than that. Um, we're a fuel and lubricant company. That sounds um, pretty simple. Everything from racing fuel to gasoline, on and off-road diesel, methanol, uh, you name it, a great variety of fuels. Lubricants, we go all the way from industrial and commercial lubricants. Those things... Uh, Maybe oils that you put in your car, 5W30s and so on, all the way to industrial lubricants that um, allow uh, maintenance for earth movers and heavy equipment. Uh, if folks are managing a facility, uh, they may need lubricants uh, to keep their doors and their equipment running smoothly. We provide all of those. Uh, in addition to food-grade lubricants and packaging, um, We've, we have 1,600 products uh, to serve the needs of many customers in many different markets. Well, the point is, is when you see a CB King truck rolling down the road, it's on the way to a job that's being done, whether it's uh, creating food with all the great food companies in our town and in our area, all the way to the big construction, new subdivisions, all that. That is you guys. Exactly. And, and important to note that we run trucks 24-7, uh, even with you know, people being quarantined, there are still businesses that are continuing. Life, it continues. And uh, in order to support America, support our county, our city, our state, uh, we have crews running again 24-7 to deliver those products to make it possible for life to continue. Well, if your company uses the kind of products that CB King Incorporated sells, but you're maybe going with a different provider, if you want to reach out to CB King and see if they uh, they can be the people that can take care of you, uh, the best way to get a hold of you, Jim, is what? 636-677-4355. Call in one of our uh, customer care team and be happy to talk with you. If you have an opportunity, why um, ask to get me on the phone. I'd love to visit with you as well. And online at SivaKingInc.com. Obviously, you guys are an essential business, my goodness, uh, because there's so many essential businesses that you are providing for, whether it's forklifts or whatever, the you know, the fuel or lube that is needed. On a more personal level, how are you dealing with this time that uh, America and the world is going through? I'm very blessed uh, to have my daughter work within uh, my company. Uh, extremely blessed to, in December, have moved my parents from Colorado to St. Louis, and all, although we um, every week are doing window visits or FaceTime and phone calls with them, it's, it's wonderful to have them here locally. Um, what, a, what a blessing it is to have, have those around you that you care about. Boy, um, you, did, you got that son, done just in time, too, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I did, for sure. Um, that's all part of the grand plan. And then uh, my son is finishing up college over in Kansas. And um, within a couple of weeks here, we'll move him to St. Louis. And uh, he has done work for us in the summer, and he'll join our team as well. And 
what a what a great thing to have the family involvement. Uh, you know, there are family-owned businesses, and then there are family-owned businesses where everyone has a passion and a fire in their belly to uh, to continue that legacy. And here, this legacy has been going for 86 years. And the Siva King family has done a great job, uh, Hank Siva King and beyond, uh, and then the daughters of Siva King, uh, a huge family-owned company and still a family-owned company with your family, your daughter and your son. Now, I got a question about Sam, Superman Sam, I call him, because he, he I'm telling you, he looks just like Superman. But what was his trajectory in life before you took over and purchased Siva King? Was he going to be a what? Of course, you know, most kids... Uh, don't want to do what their parents have been doing. They want to <laughs> kind of forge their own, forge their own destiny. And uh, Sam has always had a passion for, uh, you know, being out in a customer-facing role. He's got a good, strong personality, yes, inquisitive, technical mind, uh, and so all along it was something to do with a, in a business development role, kind of a face for a company and a product that he would represent. Wow. Uh, when the, when the company change took place and I purchased the company last year in 2019, um, it created an opportunity for my children to be involved. Uh, but that wasn't a given. Uh, they both had to interview. They both had to uh, fill roles that we needed or had available. Uh, it wasn't just that they were family, that they had a place here. They have to, um, uh, like I say, justify their existence every day, just like everyone else. And have a passion again, for it, too, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Um, we're all about our customers and delivering on the promises that we make. And everybody has to have that mindset, including, and most importantly, uh, my family. I think the the uh, first time that CB King Incorporated has ever been marketed has been our partnership on KMOX. Uh, that's what began that. Uh, how has the response been with companies out there, Jim, that are, you know, have you been getting new faces or new calls from companies that maybe haven't uh, entertained the idea of having CB King supply form? Oh, that is a great point. Uh, it's miraculous, to say the least. Uh, the Saturday that it was announced that uh, St. Louis City and County would uh, issued the stay-at-home orders. And keep in mind, our, our geography is St. Louis, two hours out in any direction. Wow. Okay? Um, on that Saturday, uh, I spent, I think, 73 hours straight from that point on determining what our strategy and tactics would be continuing to, to um, you know, offer our business and be here for our internal and external customers. So we really had no idea what to expect. And yes, essential business, yes. Uh, but there are many essential businesses that are, are not being successful right now, and our hearts go out to those people. In our case, all of our drivers, all of our office personnel, our salespeople remotely, all of our staff are working. And um, the radio ads from KMOX have done nothing less than grow our business. Fantastic. Uh, last week especially, uh, on Thursday and Friday, uh, we – added another three new customers just because they heard us on KMOX. And it's everybody. It's transmission shops. It's uh, it's school buses. It's it's everything. Uh, it's landscape companies. I'll tell you what. I don't know. I, I didn't realize that landscape companies were essential business, but I guess they are. Um, but <laughs> you, go, I went to a gas station a few weeks ago, and that's all I saw was like seven different landscaping companies roll through. And the great thing about Siva King Incorporated is you can save them time as opposed to going through gas stations and filling up all their stuff. You can actually place tanks at their shop or their warehouse and get them on the road and onto the onto the landscape job even quicker, can't you? 
Exactly. We um, we set many tanks every day, and it can be from landscape landscaping companies to manufacturing facilities to hospitals. Uh, these testing facilities that are pop up, we fill those generators too. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it is it's pretty amazing. Uh, and we're just able to meet our customers where they are. So uh, back to the landscaping companies that you mentioned, instead of their crews rolling through a local gas station, uh, we can set tanks at their locations. They fill before they even leave the property and uh, come back at night and fill them again. So we do that with many fleets, dump trucks and utilities and uh, any, any kind of fleet you can possibly imagine. That's fantastic. Well, you guys definitely know what you're doing. I, I would think after eight decades plus, uh, you definitely got it down. And with you at the helm, uh, it's nothing but uh, new ideas and great ideas on top of what's already been built with CV King over the years. So uh, tip of the hat to you uh, for being an essential business to essential businesses that are out there. Um, I, and how about the truckers? Can we just talk about the truckers of our country? I mean, I've, I've always heard if you got it you know, in your hands, it came off a truck at some point. Uh, but how about a tip of the hat to the truck drivers out there? Oh, let, let me tell you something. They are a tip of the hat. Those those folks are men and women, tip of the spear, uh, delivering products when, you know, that's that's their job. If it wasn't for the, the truck drivers out there, um, whether it's whether it's a dump truck or it's a fuel truck, yeah. um, utility truck, anything, those folks are the ones that are really making America run um, now. And a, a moment of great challenge. They're rising, rising to it. Um, and I know that we are absolutely grateful to have the drivers that we do. Yeah, it just makes me think if you have a, a local fleet of, uh, you know, box trucks that deliver food or whatever it is, uh, maybe you need to get a hold of CB King Incorporated and have them fuel your vehicles as well. Because you guys even do, without naming names, you guys even do all the big utility companies. I mean, like, you're out there filling up all their vehicles so the employees just show up, jump in, and go. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. And on your previous note there, if uh, anyone uses fuel, lubricants, DEF, which is diesel exhaust fluid, uh, any type, anything that fits in those categories, we would absolutely love to earn your business. The family legacy continues with uh, Jim Newmeyer and Siva King Incorporated online at SivaKingInc.com. And that number one more time, Jim? 636-677-4355. God bless and be safe, Jim. Hey, God bless you too. Thank you so much. Be well, St. Louis. Now, coming up next, this is uh, going to be something for people that maybe have a house on the market to sell. Maybe you're waiting to move into your new home, uh, but you've got to sell your first one and it's just not selling. Maybe you've used the tactic of making banana bread in the oven uh, in your home that you're going to show because they say, ooh, the, the scent of banana bread will make it feel more homey. Well, there's another tactic that you may not know where to turn to to acquire to give you your best foot forward in trying to sell a piece of property. Stick around. We're going to talk with Linda from Dazzle Home Staging next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Radio's BS detector, Mark Reardon. Weekday afternoons at 2 on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and we have a virtual bow on the go stop with uh, an idea for you if you are trying to sell a home and haven't been able to sell it. Have you thought about staging the home? Please welcome to KMOX, Linda from Dazzle Home Staging. How are you doing, ma'am? 
Well, doing well. Yes, all things considered, um, hanging in there. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. Uh, what more can you ask for, you know, right now? So it's That's all fantastic. is well. That's fantastic. Well, uh, so home staging, in a nutshell, it is what? Gosh, well, home staging is really just making a house beautiful. It's taking a house that is empty in our business. We deal with vacant homes only. So we're taking homes that no one's living in, that someone's moved out of, or if they've relocated. And we bring in furniture and accessories and artwork, and we make it uh, we make it look lived in and beautiful. And, you know, we sort of breathe life into empty spaces is what we, what we like to say. You know, I, I think it's smart because, you know, when my wife and I found the home we're in right now, we looked at 50 homes, 50 homes in five days. And this was the second of 50 homes that we looked at. We kept comparing and comparing. And ironically, this home actually had furniture and stuff in it um, when we actually looked at it. But when you go into a, an empty, we look, walked into so many empty homes and it was just like, there's nothing. It just, you can't even picture your own items in there. And, and heck, I probably wouldn't want my own items in there. Right. Yeah. Anything to make a home inviting, you know, like if you're going to play ping pong in this area, you have to tell people, this is where you play ping pong, or this is where you sit and have your coffee in the morning, or, you know, this is the nook where you're going to sit down and read a book. And um, so we just kind of tell stories with staging. That's really what we do is kind of just depict, um, you know, how the home is actually going to function and be lived in, in a practical sense. And when people walk into a home that's empty, it can just feel like you said, sterile and people have a hard time envisioning where they're going to put their sofa. Is their king size bed going to fit in this bedroom? So it eliminates a lot of doubts and questions. And one thing you never want a buyer to have in their mind when they're viewing a home is uncertainty. So we kind of clarify that with them and make the home feel warm and inviting and like a place where they would want to live and call home. Now, is your main uh, communication with your customers, is it through real estate agents or is it personal homeowners that contact you and say, okay, we're trying to sell our home through this agent, but we need help and we come to you? Is that how it works? Yeah, right. It's a, it's a mix of both. We work with a lot of realtors. We work with homeowners directly. We also work with investors and a lot of home builders as well. We're doing spec homes and, oh, and yeah. displays. And um, so, and many times people have relocated and they've tried putting their home on the market and they haven't had luck. So they'll contact us and say, you know, what we're doing isn't working. You know, can we try this staging thing? We're not familiar with it, but tell us how it works. And so we deal with, you know, kind of anyone who's in that world of needing to sell a house um, that's sitting empty. Well, my wife has a chair addiction. I will tell you that. Uh, we, she has bought so many chairs. We're heavy on chairs and it's just the two of us. It's kind of crazy. Do you have like uh, inventory that uh, your customers can pick out or a style or a feel? I mean, my wife's a mid-century modern fan. Uh, do, you, do you just run the gamut? We really do. We have, uh, at any given time, we have around 100 homes staged. So we have furniture. What? That yeah. You <laughs> have a, a furniture addiction too, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of chairs too. So if your wife <laughs> want to talk, just give her my number. Can you speak to the, the return on investment of staging? I'm sure you have that information because if I'm trying to sell a home and it's, it's maybe stuck or, you know, we're not getting a lot of, you know, bids or offers or anything like that. Do you have the data to share? I would think that, you know, mowing your grass, making sure the landscape looks fine is there's a return on that. 
But in the home, you don't even think about it. I didn't think about that. Absolutely. And I think you used a key word um, saying that it is an investment. It's not really an expense. So the things that you do to your home when you go to sell it, I mean, let's face it. Nobody wants to spend money on a house that they're trying to sell, right? Absolutely, yep. Especially if you have two homes and you've already moved out and you're wanting to furnish your new home and paint and whatever, um, that's where your focus is. So everyone that moves is typically, for the most part, they've kind of lost interest in the house that they're wanting to sell. And <laughs> they don't really see it as somewhere, you know, a place where they want to put their dollars. But it really is such a good investment in just doing the basics, even, you know, just um, if it's a lived in home, which we don't actually personally handle, but remove all of your personal, your personal pictures and get rid of all the junk, put a coat of paint on it, make it feel fresh and inviting so that um, someone can come in and envision it, envision it as their home because no one wants to feel like they're living with the remnants of someone else's, you know, space. Um, so we always recommend just neutralizing the home. You put a great coat of paint on it, do the updates, fix the things that are broken that need right. to be tended to that you've put off and staging because it really, uh, it just makes such a difference. Most people are looking online today for a home. So having beautiful pictures online is what really draws people in. It drives traffic to the listing and ultimately, you know, that's what gets the sale. Do you ever get the buyers that offer to purchase the items in there? All the time. It happens all the time. People come in because, I mean, if you think about it, it's we find the perfect pieces for the perfect space. You know, yeah. so we've already done the thinking for them. We've put it out there and, you know, you have a fresh new home. Why not start with fresh furniture that looks great in the space? So we get asked that all the time. And sometimes people will buy a room of furniture. Sometimes it's a piece of artwork or some accessories that they fall in love with. And sometimes people have purchased everything as it we sits. Uh, the best place people can get the best ex uh, example other than Facebook would be your website. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a full gallery of, you know, examples of homes that we've staged and it explains our services and kind of tells a little bit about who we are and what we do. Okay. And, and so with uh, whether it's a private homeowner that's trying to sell or a real estate agent that's seen this, they can, they just contact you dazzle home staging.com. That's correct. Is your, is your background home decor? Is that where it all began or did you just have a knack for it? No, you know, I've always had a passion for it. I've been kind of an HGTV junkie my entire life and every home I've ever lived in, I've stripped from the top down and refurnished. So I sort of got the kinks out in the first half of my life with experimenting with my own homes and it's just a passion and it's, you know, something I, I guess I was sort of gifted with is the ability to kind of, you know, I have an eye for it. Yeah. And personally, I think it's something that really it's hard to train someone to do this. It's more of an, an art than a science. It truly is. It really is. Well, we're addicted to HGTV as well. Uh, but I can probably guess that these staging projects don't take 30 minutes or less, uh, like on the TV shows. But your crews come in, and uh, how far out are you booking? Or are you taking new customers all the time? We try to always get to something within a week. Uh, sometimes in the springtime when we're super busy, it might be a week and a half. But typically, we can get to anything in about a week. Wow. And um, our turnaround is not 30 minutes, <laughs> uh, despite what the TV shows indicate. But we, uh, we normally can do a turnaround in 24 hours. So it's pretty amazing that we can furnish an entire home from top to bottom in 24 hours or less and have it ready for market. 
Well, what a great business. And you said you've been in business since 2008. Uh, you're, you, you went through that and, and you survived that and you've thrived. We are happy to work with anyone who has a house to sell, even, you know, even in a tough market. Like you mentioned, we started in 2008 and that was a tough time to sell a house and we hit the ground running. And I think today's climate is not much different. If someone has a home to sell, it's, you know, it's, it's just a matter of getting attention, whether there's more buyers or fewer buyers, you want your home to be the house that people are attracted to and actually want to buy. So whatever market efforts you can do to make that happen are definitely worthwhile. I can't, I just pictured, uh, I just pictured Chuck and Joanna Gaines and their big reveal. I, the homeowners get to see the reveal of the, what you've done. And I bet they're just amazed. You know, it takes their breath away a lot of times. A lot of times we hear that people want to move back in. So. Oh, no. <laughs> That's it. We're not selling. We love it. I've seen that show too. Flipper Flop or whatever that thing's called. I don't know. I, I watch them all. Best part of my job is getting to see all different homes and all different areas. And, you know, you, you can actually call it home for about 24 hours. So that's yeah. always fun. The perceived value of a home that is beautiful and decorated and set up like you guys do is worth the investment. Uh, is every home different or do you have a range of it? Is it 2000 to 20,000 or? Sure. No, we, we start, um, we stage entry level homes, anything from, you know, even 75,000 up to $6 million homes. So there's a wide range there. And I think the value to each home is different. I think when you have a small home, it can really just help to make it feel charming and cozy. And sometimes even the smallest little homes get sometimes the biggest boost for, for the money spent. And it's a great value. Sometimes smaller homes feel small. So people walk through and they think, oh gosh, you know, this place is too small. I'll never be able to live here. But by using the proper scale of furnishings um, and just, you know, just the right touch to it, it can make a big difference and make it Absolutely. look really and that is Linda on my virtual bow on the go stop. That's dazzlehomestaging.com is where you can find her. Now, if you have gone out in public when you needed to or wanted to, usually needing to is going to the store, wanting to is just to get out and get some fresh air and go for a walk. Benjamin Hockman from the Post Dispatch and stltoday.com wrote a great article on how he feels like an NFL football player when he and his wife recently went for a walk. And I think you can relate. We'll talk to Benjamin Hockman next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and I come across this article on stltoday.com, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch website, by Benjamin Hockman, and the headline was, No Sports, Leisurely Walks, Brings Out the Football Player in All of Us, and Buddy, I Can Relate. Welcome to KMOX, Benjamin. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no sports, but I feel like an athlete every time I go on a walk. Oh, and it's so true, too. I mean, I was just at Lowe's uh, the other day, and you know how they've – it's almost like you're getting ready to get on a roller coaster the way they've got the line stanchions built and everything. And this, this old guy is standing next to me, and he must have been a close talker because he was too cl- – he was not six feet away, I guarantee you. And I, I kept thinking in my mind – how do I get away from this guy? How can I get away from him? And he stayed with me all the way through the line of about 20 people. And it, it's, it's, it's weird because we don't know what to be afraid of. But talk to me about your experience walking with your wife in the city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, is uh, with you at, at Lowe's, it's like 
you you have the right to tell that guy to to get back. But then I don't know. You're probably also like a nice guy, and you're like, I don't want to hurt his feelings. He's an older guy, and so you go through all these emotions. And that's me when I go on these otherwise leisurely walks with my wife, where we're just going down the the beautiful Wydown Boulevard, and all of a sudden I see a lady, and she's walking right towards us, and she doesn't have a mask on, and I think she wants to talk. And oh my god! And uh, suddenly we turn into like. I don't know, Marshall Falk or Barry Sanders, some <laughs> elusive, elusive running back in football trying to avoid our, our neighbors. Did I hear your name on the NFL draft? No, I'm kidding. Uh, it could have been, <laughs> it could have been though. It could have been, you know, talking about the old guy, uh, seriously, matter of fact, if he had the COVID-19, cause I got it. Cause we were talking so much. I was, he was, he was going into Lowe's. I asked him, what are you shopping for? You know, are you going for a whole bunch of stuff at one time? Or are you just going for one thing? He was going for mole killer, you know, for your, for your yard. And somebody had just recently sent me a video of a guy trying to kill moles and it blew up his whole yard. And of course, I say I may have COVID-19 now that I handed my phone to him to watch the video. Uh, what am I even thinking? Because we put our we put away our, our safety measures when, like you said, we're trying to be nice to people. Yeah, yeah. But I, I also, like, it, and I'm not trying to insult anybody. Oh, go ahead. Like, insult just, everybody. <laughs> I'm just kind of bringing it up, like, especially if you're an older person, like, you should be on the defensive. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't be approaching Bo at Lowe's and being like, "Hey, let's talk about mole killer." <laughs> I mean, if there's ever a, ever a time to just be socially distant and and maybe reduce that shopping list, now is that time. Or shop online. I, you know, my my father. I've mentioned this several times on my show. My father is 76 years old. He lives in Jersey, about an hour outside of New York. And I'll call him to just see how he's doing for the day, and he's like, "Oh, I'm over at Costco." I'm like, "Dad." Go home for crying out loud. And this was like yesterday. So, I mean, it's it's still happening. But these guys, you know, they swam in the Hudson River as a kid. Uh, old George Carlin uh, comedy bit talks about, you know why we don't get sick? Because we swam in the Hudson River. Right. <laughs> it became immune to everything at age eight. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So so yeah. how, does your, no- how does your wife react when you're holding her hand, you're on a leisurely walk, and all of a sudden you're doing the bob and weaving? Yeah, I mean she she appreciates it. Good. Uh, she she kind of we're kind of like a fullback running back uh, tandem, <laughs> if you will. I'm the lead blocker, and uh, but yeah, I mean I mean it's just funny because like the they're telling us to go on walks, and these walks really are leisurely and therapeutic, relaxing. But then just when you hit like the, the most relaxed your body can be. Suddenly, there's like three people coming right at you, and you're stressed and nervous, and you're overthinking it, and you're like, "How can I avoid these people without insulting them?" But don't they realize they're coming right at us? Should they? Your mind swirling, and suddenly I feel like I'm on a Seinfeld episode. Now, are you are you guys pet owners in your household? No, but I, I have been. Uh, I was growing up, so I'm, I'm aware of both sides. The pet owner and the non-pet owner. Okay. Well, I just saw in the news uh, just a little while ago, uh, now the CDC is, has pet recommendations because there was a tiger that got uh, coronavirus or COVID-19, and now they're seeing, saying keep your cats indoors when possible, prevent interaction with animals or people, maintain a six-foot distance from people and animals when walking your dog, and on your walk that you wrote about, you guys did see dog walkers. Oh, Yeah. 
Yeah, and the, and the dogs are always yipping and yapping and and doing that. And uh, and of course, and when there's a cute dog, there's the uh, the natural response to want to even uh, pet the dog. Uh, and 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 who, and that can be dangerous. And I mean, I just feel like we all need to just not be near each other for whatever the time being. Just like shut it down. There's going to be consequences, of course whether it's financial, emotional, what have you. But the one thing we can all agree on, Republican, uh, Democrat, any man, woman, any, any, any side, is we don't want to die. Yeah, exactly. Stop doing things that could possibly lead to getting a virus that could kill you or your loved one. Benjamin Hockman is from stltoday.com, the Post-Dispatch. Uh, how long have you, have you been writing for him, guy? So I'm actually from St. Louis, uh, but I but I moved away. I wrote to the New Orleans paper and the Denver paper, and I came back uh, in the summer of 2015. Oh wow! Okay, so you're 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 this is this is home. You're you're comfortable back home. That's a good thing. Yeah, except when I'm on the walks and my neighbors are coming right at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it it is weird because I'll go to the store, I'll go run and get what we need, and I'll come back and I'll wash my hands and I'll take my shoes off and change clothes and whatever. But it seems like when I'm in the confines of my own house, I don't worry about spreading anything to my wife. I mean, because you know we're not keeping social distance. She's my wife for crying out loud. I I shouldn't have to yeah, stay distance. In it together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I keep seeing that hashtag. Which is weird, though, because my wife, my wife, every night, she's like, oh, no, social distance. distance." Uh, Next thing I know, I'm on the couch. Well, you need to listen to earlier in my show because we had the Savvy Couple on from thesavvycouple.com. They had some great tips on on couples and how to to make it work, especially during the coronavirus time. And maybe it's something you would want to share with your wife. I'm just saying. Oh, wow, yeah. I was just kidding. She's amazing. But, man, oh, man, that, that sounds like something I want to listen to. <laughs> it was good advice. I was taking notes, man. Um, so uh, as, as a, a writer for stltoday.com and Post-Dispatch, um, are you an author as well? Because the way I read this article, and I, I encourage everybody to go read this article, it was fantastic. Uh, look up Benjamin Hockman on stltoday.com. The the it didn't seem like a normal news article. It just it was it, it read like a book. Do you are you an author? I am. Yeah, I've, I've had three books published, and uh, the one I'm most proud of is is about the St. Louis Cardinals. It's called the Big Fifty, and basically the publisher gave me the opportunity to write fifty chapters on whatever I wanted to regarding the St. Louis Cardinals. Wow. And I had a blast, and I got to interview childhood heroes and then random people and also celebrities from St. Louis and just kind of put it all in the pot and, and made a gumbo that is the, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals book. How fun is that? Now, are you working on anything right now? Can we get a, a preview of what you're writing now? Well, I am working on a, on a young adult novel, my, my first ever novel, let alone young adult novel. Uh, it is a process, I guess I will say, but uh, I love to challenge myself uh, with things beyond my my regular job, which I also take seriously. How great is that? Uh, you know, especially in this time, I mean, because you have to stay at home, the government says. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and do you normally work from home anyway? Is this not any different for you? Well, I mean, I, that's a good question because I'm normally at home writing except when I go to uh, games. So, yeah, being working at home is, is, is not a new thing for me, but I've seen a lot of people on social media, uh, a lot of sports writers like myself who are saying, like, uh, 
it, it, it's weird because working at home has suddenly turned into take your kids to work day. <laughs> Every day. Every day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that's very cool. I'm, I'm anxious to see uh, what you come up with, especially during these times. Uh, what was that Kathy Bates movie about the writer? Uh, oh, come on. Uh, misery misery okay so that was a great book and a great movie um as an author as a writer what would be a book that you haven't written that you really enjoy and that you think other people as we're searching for other things to read would you what's what's like your favorite book sure that's a great question um living in new orleans i fell in love with a book called a confederacy of dunces (laughs) and it's about this uh beautiful buffoon named ignatius riley and he thinks he's smarter than everybody. And even if he is smart, it doesn't necessarily mean he has social skills. And it's just this wild ride. And it won the Pulitzer Prize in 1980, uh, which is the year I was born. So I kind of feel a connection to that sure. as well. Uh, yeah, so the book's called A Confederacy of Dunces. Great recommendation. That is Benjamin Hockman from STL Today and the Post-Dispatch. Uh, again, I, I recommend you read the article. Can they just search your name on stltoday.com and find that article about you being a, a football player? Yeah, yeah, just type in Benjamin Hockman uh, football walk. Uh, and, it, yeah, you'll, you'll, it's a very easy find, and I hope you all enjoy it. So coming up next, as we all continue to stay in place by the government's orders, uh, a lot of people enjoy reading. And John Brown from Fox 2 News in St. Louis is also a, an accomplished author. We're going to talk to him about his brand new book. It's called Missouri, an Illustrated Timeline, 200 Years of Heroes and Rogues, Heartbreak and Triumph. We're going to talk to John next about it on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. St. Louis's morning news. Total information AM. Weekday mornings at 5 on KMOX and KMOX.com. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and just last week we had a chance to visit with uh, John Brown, and I wanted to have him back because he is also an author, and he's got a brand new book, a beautiful book that just arrived, and I had a chance to spend the evening with it. But, John, you may not know uh, a nationally recognized TV news anchor. He's a public speaker. He's an inventor. He's a radio talk show host. He's my friend, and he's also a great dad and a great husband and an author. Hi, John. How are you? Hey, Bo. Always good to talk to you, man. Appreciate that. Buddy, congratulations on this book from Reedy Press. It's called Missouri, an Illustrated Timeline. And I, a matter of fact, I didn't, I didn't uh, dog ear the pages, but I did a bookmark it because I wanted to reference a couple <laughs> of things that you did. How long does a project like this take? Well, you know, it actually came together pretty quickly. Um, I think the guys at Reedy Press asked me about it, I would guess, mid last year. Um, but I had done so much of the research for some of my previous history books. We just done it in a timeline format like this, but still, you know, me getting up to speed on writing articles about how Missouri played into the, the civil war and, you know, the Malincrot's, uh, involvement in, I mean, just all these different things that are important, not only in Missouri, but nationwide that I don't proclaim to be an expert. So I had a lot of people help me out, which was kind of, which was kind of cool. But you know, it's funny. You you put it on paper, and then you find the images, and then they put the graphics, and it it turns out it turned out pretty good. I'm I'm impressed too. It's always scary to find when the book actually gets in your hands, but 
I'm glad it turned out the way it did. Well, my wife and I have a collection of what we would call coffee table books, and I would I would say that this book is is in that vein because it's not a, a story in the sense of a novel of chapter one, chapter two, chapter right. three. It's it's broken up by years and the highlights of certain years as you go through. Um, but I, I've got to tell you, I mean, this is just it's a beautiful book. It's a big book. And it's beautiful, and uh, you did—you just did a really good job on this. But I love the credits that you credited your wife for her <laughs> patience. Um, you got a good woman there. She is a good one, and you know this because I proposed to her on your show. Yes, you day. did. But um, yeah, but I mean, the other credits, my kids. I don't know about you, Bo, but I'm—I'm I'm I just love to drive. You know, I grew up in a bunch of small towns, and all we had to do was drive, and so. We'll be heading to, I don't know, Springfield or Branson, and I'll see one of those roadside signs, and I'm like, well, here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, let's go check out Devil's Bend. Let's go check out Old Route 66. Let's go, you know, and so you, you, so I got to explore a lot of these places. So I'm sure the kids just wanted to get to wherever we were going, to the lake or wherever, but at least they got to experience a little bit of the Missouri history as well along the way. Um, you know, you were asking about one thing I was going to say. You ask about putting this thing together. One thing I did, which is really cool is when I wrote all these entries, there's probably a hundred or more entries gotta be at least. Um, I ended up sending each entry out to an expert in the field, in the state of Missouri, whether it was civil war history, historian, uh, somebody from Mallinckrodt worldwide technologies, because I wanted their input too. And you talk about a cool way to do a book. So you write down the stuff that you know, and then you can research and validate and then talk to the people who are actually experts in it. Oh, my gosh. The stories that I heard were real. And it gives you a new appreciation for your state. What a great passion you have. Uh, and so you're saying Reedy Press, the publishing company that did this book, they asked you to do this book? Yeah. So I had had, you know, they did. They've done all my books thus far. Uh, my first one was a little over 10 years ago, and that was Missouri Legends, famous people from the Show Me State. And I think because we had such good success with that one that we've developed a nice relationship and partnership to where now I've done, I think I'm at six books with them. So it's been a nice, and they have a passion for St. Louis and Missouri history and they're just doing some amazing work. But you know, it all started with making lists of famous people when I was a kid bouncing around all these towns that we lived in. And that's really where all of my books have come from, was that original list of famous people. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to uh, point out a couple of the areas because I've learned so much. And I even in your forward, you mentioned that you learn so much every time you have another right. conversation, uh, which is exciting. But uh, I thought it was odd because the night that I received the book, I'm flipping through it, and I see in 1831, The Mormons in Missouri – and yeah. ironically, before I got to that page, I text you and I said, hey, have you ever thought about doing a book about uh, religion in the Missouri, in Missouri and how it grew? Well, and then I go to that page, but then I'm watching you on, on Channel 2 doing the news and you showed the Mormon, I guess it's the Tabernacle. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Yeah. The temple there in West County. You showed that's that funny. on TV and I'm looking at it in the book, but uh, <laughs> that that story about the Mormon war in 1838 in our area is, is horrifying. I had no idea. I had no idea either. And one of the guys, he's an attorney here in um, in Clayton, and I'm not going to mention his name because he's in the book, but I don't know how much he wants his name out there. But he had uh, had worked with Mitt Romney and is an expert in the Mormon war. And so I started researching this and I had, you know, we had heard stories about how they were driven from Missouri, but I, I didn't know that Joseph Smith thought that Independence, Missouri 
was where the Garden of Eden was. Yeah, yeah. And that was their new Jerusalem or new Zion. And then when I read the extermination order by Governor Boggs, who I think you had some relation to, you know, they they drove the entire religion out and on their way to Utah said, you know, he didn't expressly say to kill them, but that was. Well, no, he did. He said, well, he known. said, he said, if you can't get them out, exterminate them. I'm like, oh, right. my gosh. Right. I, I had no idea that it was that big of a deal. So that's one of those stories that's in Missouri that you may not realize but on the grand scheme of things, that's a that's huge. Can you imagine? I mean, something like that could not happen, like you would think. And I say that because I'll tell you a story about the pandemic in just a bit. But you hear a story like this and you think, how in the world could that happen? Yeah. Because that's not that long ago. In the grand scheme of things, you know, here's the one that hit me the other day. I'm turning 50 this year. I've been around Missouri one quarter of its existence. Oh, you know, wow. if you're older than me, you've been here more than a quarter of the existence. So it's not that long ago in the grand scheme of history. Ain't that the truth? When you put it in perspective like that, you've seen a lot of Missouri history in your lifetime. Well, uh, the other thing was uh, that shot out to me was in 1880, the atheist utopia was founded. <laughs> and, I mean, it's it's just, it, it, I don't know. There's so much cool stuff. And, again, it's a book that I can pick up, I can read a few pages, put it down, and go back to it. Uh, but not only are the are the stories phenomenal, but the the photos that you have are just uh, I mean, there's stories about Jesse James and Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, it's this is crazy. Well, and the pictures, I think, really put it into context. And the timeline puts it in good context because you hear of Jesse James and you think, okay, old historical guy. Yeah. And then you think of Mizzou's medical school. You're like, okay, old historical. They were designed at the same time in history. Right. So at the same time, Mizzou's medical school is coming about. We're having the medical advances at Wash U and SLU and University of Missouri. Jesse James is robbing trains right. at that exact same time. <laughs> so that's, everybody says, why a timeline format? Well, one, because it's the bicentennial of Missouri next year, 200th yep. birthday. But because we put history, I, I think, in a box, we say, well, during the Great Depression, everybody was in that era and depressed. Well, that's not true. Right. And then you think back about, at the same time, Jesse James is rebelling against the whatever happened during the Civil War, out robbing trains and killing people. You have people with life-saving medical advances taking place 20 miles away. Yeah. So you put it in that kind of context, and you realize that, wow, it's all on the timeline of our history. It really is. Uh, uh, Sam Walton didn't know he went to Mizzou until I found your book. Um, there, yeah. There's so many great things. Of course, you you highlight the Kansas City Zoo and the St. Louis Zoo. Um, I did. Uh, I, I found um, uh, extra interest in the uh, Tom Eagleton uh, story of his run as vice president or yeah. the candidate. Uh, ironically, well, by the way, we are talking with John Brown from Fox two, but he's got a new book called the Missouri and illustrated timeline. Um, the other thing is, uh, as before Tom Eagleton passed away, he actually had been to my wife's, uh, art showing in South St. Louis and, oh aqu and acquired a painting that was not for sale. It, it, she distinctly had it written not for sale. And he went through bouts of depression through his life, and that's why he uh, removed himself or was removed from the presidential right. or vice presidential race. And ironically, the uh, the uh, painting that uh, she had painted was called, it was the day Daddy died, and and she was very young when her father died. But there was this dread to it, almost like if you think of the the painting Scream, and that wow. is the one he wanted. And then he invited her to his office at. City place, um, or, or whatever one city central or whatever is downtown. She got to mm -hmm. she got to hand deliver it to him. So you know, there's a lot of great connections in there, but great stories. You just did a fantastic job with this, man. 
Well, very quickly, I want to go back to something you said about Sam Walton. I, this is this is one of the cool things that I that I discovered in this book that has come about through a couple of different things that happened. So I asked my own TV agent a long time ago. I said, "Why are there so many nationally known broadcasters from Missouri?" You think of you know a Limbaugh. You think of Walter Guy. You think of Jim Bohannon. You know, all these all these big names on the national scene Paul came Harvey. from Missouri. Yeah, yeah. Um, from here in Webster Groves. Um, I just blanked on his name. Russ Mitchell. You know, you have so many. And he said, "Well, there's a couple of things." First of all, Mizzou was the first journalism school back in the early 1900s. Uh-huh. So, okay. you know, you had a good head start with that. But also, Missouri is kind of in the middle and a blend of everything. So you don't know what anybody is, which is perfect on the national scene because you don't want somebody to say, oh, that person is from the South or that person is from New Jersey. Hear their accent or that person is from California. Look at him. He said, in Missouri, you guys are a blend of everything. So nobody knows what you are. OK, now couple that with a Sam Walton. J.C. Penney, the O'Reilly family down in Springfield from O'Reilly Auto Parts. How many national chains have started here? Same reasons, because we learn in Missouri just to get along with everybody because we're such a blend of the south, of the north, of the east, of the west. Yeah, that the same success that people have on the broadcast scene is the same reason people have success in business and politics, because you do learn to deal with such diverse people. And I thought that it all kind of ties together and explains a lot about Missouri as a whole. Yeah, it was kind of an aha moment for you. Well, John, uh, congratulations on this book. It is available. We've got Mother's Day coming up. We've got Father's Day coming up. <laughs> and, and, and any office, any office that's about to reopen should have this book in their waiting room. It is just beautiful. Missouri, an illustrated timeline by John Brown. Uh, again, kudos to you for doing this. Thanks to Reedy Press for getting behind it and, and encouraging you to do it because it is something I'm going to enjoy for a long, long time. Of course, the Blues, the Cardinals, they're all mentioned in there. The Chiefs, you just did, you just did a – there's something for everybody in this book. It really is. We got is. it in. Yeah, and with Mother's Day coming up, like I keep saying, you know, it's it's horrible to launch a book in the middle of a pandemic. So what I'm doing is you can order them on my website, MissouriLegends.com, and I sign them, and I send them straight to your mom. Because you can't leave to go shopping. <laughs> right. You can't go visit her. So just go to the website, and I take care of it all, and I'll sign it to her and send it to her. <laughs> it's it's the hands-free delivery. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm your middleman for Mother's Day this year. <laughs> okay, so if people want to get it, where where should they go uh, directly? The only signed copies are MissouriLegends.com. That's my website uh, that has all the famous people. It's right there. I sign it and send them out the same day. So uh, MissouriLegends.com is the site. All right, coming up on a serious note, uh, opioid addiction and drug abuse is rampant in our country, and it doesn't matter if it's farm fields or close quarters in city dwellings. Here's the thing. If you're a parent of a teen and you're thinking, I suspect my kid is up to something, well, you are definitely going to want to hear from Joe Abdallah. He's the executive director of Code 3, and he can help you spot warning signs of teen drug abuse at home. We're going to talk to him next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and this is a trying time for so many people in so many ways. And that includes 
the opioid epidemic. As we're all talking about coronavirus, the opioid epidemic has touched every corner of this country. It has affected my family directly and probably yours or somebody you know. It knows no demographic boundaries. And I have a special guest that's going to help us understand a lot of things about what's going on and how we can help the young people of our world for sure. And his name is Joe Abdallah, Executive Director of Code 3. And we're going to talk about the new Rally Cares virtual experience and how they have even had to change their system on how to get uh, the word out to parents and how to spot warning signs of teen drug abuse at home. So welcome to KMOX. Joe, how are you, sir? I am well, and thank you for having me. Greatly appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. I thank you for doing the heavy lifting. As I mentioned, uh, my family's been affected by addiction, and it's been a horrible, scary time. Haven't lost anybody yet, but please tell me what your mission in your heart is. Our mission is to help save lives uh, for those affected by the opioid crisis. And our organization likes to be involved in emerging issues, one of which is the opioid crisis, So what we came up with is we took a 32-foot trailer and built it into the mock of teenagers, the mock of a teenager's bedroom. So it has the dresser, the bed, a closet, and a bathroom. And we walk parents, educators, loved ones, counselors through the trailer, and we have planted throughout warning signs and indicators of opioid misuse. And we try and explain to them what the items are, whether it be packaging material, paraphernalia used to ingest it. And there's also some over-the-counter medications that could be questionable. So we try and walk them through the the symptoms, the reason it might be time to take a look and answer questions that uh, that we can at the end of the tour. What are some some real-life experiences that that you've shown with your, your vehicle, your trailer, uh, that has caught people off guard, that they were like, what? I had no idea. Well, some of the uh, compartments are these personal safes that you can buy online. Uh, they're basically soda beverages and snack and candy containers that have been converted into what they call personal safes. Oh, yeah. A lot by. Yep, I've got one. Yeah, so parents are shocked by those. But I, I would have to tell you the biggest one is what we call the, the leftovers or the, the trash from the actual packaging of small amounts of illicit drugs. And what I mean by that is heroin and fentanyl, which are in prescription pills, which are our most common opiates that are misused, their packaging for them as they're bought on the street hasn't changed in decades. And what happens is this tour was set up for the most part by parents who had lost kids to addiction. Mm. And we brought them through the trailer and we said, what do you know now that you didn't know then? What would you pass on? So just a quick example, a very common packaging item that houses illicit drugs are called stamp bags. It's literally identical to a sandwich bag, which is about seven inches by eight inches, Uh except this stamp bag is about a quarter inch by a quarter inch or a half inch by a half inch. Miniature sandwich bag. When that bag is used, the top is torn off and then the contents are used. But here's where it becomes really important. That top that's torn off or bitten off of the teeth is discarded. It's trash. So you really don't have to do any searching for it. And a lot of the paraphernalia like straws. If you ever to find a two-inch straw in your child's room or their car, it has absolutely no legitimate purpose. Right. They are used for crushing prescription pills and snorting them and snorting other illicit powders. But where parents find them is well, as you snort these powders, it gets moisture in the straw, so the powders begin to stick. So they have to be discarded, and that's when parents find them. And I cannot tell you 
How many parents, that little piece at the top of that stamp bag I explained to you, mom said they found them daily in their kids' trash cans, on their floors, in their vacuum cleaner canisters, their washers, and their dryers. Wow. Literally saw them every day, everywhere. So we try and emphatically to parents to look for that trash first because it's not guarded, it's not hidden, and it's not carefully thrown away. And at some point, if you have a substance misuse issue, you're going to start seeing it. And you really don't have to do any searching for it. We're talking with Joe Abdallah, uh, the executive director of Code 3. Tell me about the drug abuse situation, because I've thought about the same thing. It's like, I know a lot of law enforcement, and the drug addict has to still get more drugs. And how are they doing that? Tell me about the COVID-19 effect on what your mission is. Specifically for opiates? Uh, if you're a user, you, you, if you don't have opiates, your body is going to go through this physiological withdrawal that they say is like the flu times 10. You will literally, in the community, it's called dope sick, but your body will literally shut down. Uh, and a lot of this with the economic situation with the COVID virus, not knowing about paying your mortgage, your rent, maybe not getting your school loan, that's pushed a lot of these kids back uh, into use at, at, I think, probably what's going to be known as record rates. Um, and, and that's, and that's going to be a tough problem. So we're hoping with everybody at home, since we cannot do for social distancing, we can't take our physical trailer around the country. We're hoping with this visual or this, uh, platform that we have online, which is basically the same tour. We're just not able to answer questions. It's not interactive, but on the tour, it will take you through the trailer. It will show you different icons, whether it be the trash can, the closet, different items in the bedroom. And when you click on these icons, it will show you either a video or pictures of paraphernalia or warning signs and indicators. And then it has a brief explanation. And you can monitor or walk your way around the trailer with the mouse. You're going to be able to reach so many more people uh, with this because the, the trailer, as impressive as it is, you can only reach as many people as you can get in front of. And this is actually virtually anywhere. Uh, so I definitely want to get the website out and we'll do that. But um, what else is Rally Cares and Code 3 doing to help these kids? And really, it's not just kids. I mean, for people that are sedentary right now, depressed, we watch the news, we get bummed out. Drug abuse is everywhere in every age bracket and every race. And it's just, it's sad. So this information you you have, Joe, really does help everybody. Yeah, and you know what? You hit it perfectly. There is no pedigree for illicit use of drugs. It's, uh, it doesn't care about your income, your race, your knowledge, your social setting. It really doesn't. Uh, it's been tragic. But I would say we can't reach one person with a trailer now. Uh, with this campaign that we have now, we can reach across the country. And I can tell you that in each state we've been physically with the trailer, which is about 20 to 25, there's always a mom or dad that will see something in the trailer we point out and they'll leave upset. Wow. And we'll get them in the parking lot and they'll be like, look, I've just seen that in my son or daughter's room. Luckily on the road, we're paired with uh, prevention specialists. So we kind of walk them right next door and get them that hopefully that intervention, that long-term treatment that their kid needs. So that's one of the really gratifying parts of the trailer. And we're hoping that the virtual platform can do the same thing as we're doing in person until we can get back on the road. Well, I want to mention the virtual experience that Joe is talking about. Joe Abdallah is uh, uh, R-A-L-I-U-S-A.org, RallyUSA.org. Now, did you guys have to scramble to do this uh, website and this virtual experience when the coronavirus started coming on? No, you know what? The timing worked out well for us because Good. we started with one trailer. Uh, the demand was so high, we built two, one for East Coast, one for West. 
the demand kept rising. We couldn't fulfill locations. So we said, hey, let's come up with a virtual platform so where we can't go, we can get it online. Right. So it's good timing. Well, Joe, it is great to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing this information. Is there anything else you wanted to add uh, that we maybe uh, have missed out on? Uh, just for parents, I think, uh, stay engaged, and, and, and I think good policemen are nosy. I think good parents are nosy. I spent 30 years in a law enforcement career, mostly of narcotics enforcement, and I would tell parents now, in my opinion, is the most dangerous time in this country's history for kids to ingest illicit drugs, and for one reason, and that's fentanyl. And they're starting to see fentanyl not just in heroin, but mixed into other illicit substances. At the strengths that we see it, depending on the analogs involved, it could be 30, 50, 100 times stronger than morphine. It's going to take away a lot of these young lives. And as I said, you might think you're buying methamphetamine or you might think you're buying a Xanax pill, and you're going to find out it was made illicitly somewhere in Mexico or China, and it's actually fentanyl. So just be careful. Stay engaged with your kids. And and even the, the really young ones, even single digits, seven, eight, nine years old, because you don't know who's got to them. And and I want to just put this out there for parents and grandparents, too, because a lot of kids are spending time with grandma and grandpa. Um, the thing about these kids, they're looking for something. They're looking for, uh, you know, something exciting, especially in these sedentary times. So from my experience, I would say if you are holding back on disciplining your children, here's the deal. When you had those kids, you took on the task of training them. You need to train them to be law-abiding, respectful people, and it's not about, I don't want to offend them, I don't want to scold them, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? It just makes me so mad sometimes, yep. and th- that's your job. If It's like when you get a dog, I'm not comparing dogs to kids, I'm just saying when you get a dog, you got to train that dog, otherwise it's going to be rambunctious and ridiculous, and this is exactly the way you need to look at your children. You are It's your responsibility to raise them, protect them, so don't worry about labels of helicopter parenting, right, Joe? I mean, just do that job. Yeah, 100%. And again, I, I think you have to be engaged. Joe, thank you so much for your service to this country as a police officer. And thank you for this mission that you're on right now. Again, it's Rally Cares Virtual Experience. Go to rally, that's R-A-L-I-U-S-A dot org, and uh, click on Rally Cares. And this is really going to be just great. Share this. Share this on your social media. Get it out there. Uh, you, if, you're, if you're driving down the road or you're in a place you can't write it down, go to the Bo Matthews Facebook page because I'm going to link it on my page. Just scroll my wall till you find it. Joe Abdallah, thanks for keeping this mission and doing the heavy lifting. Uh, be safe and take care. And thanks for joining us on KMOX. Yes, sir. You know, the experts say we should not consume too much news during this coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic because it can be overwhelming to your mind and to your soul. It's like, oh boy, what do you believe? What don't you believe? Well, I found a social media superstar that can explain it all. It's coming up next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. St. Louis's traffic station, KMOX. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews. And before we get out of here, I had to share something with you that I found on social media. She's an Instagram star and a Facebook star. Her name is Adley, and a lot of times she's doing just pranks, but I came across what I felt was going to be a really serious conversation. She does all these videos. Uh, Just take a listen. If you're trying to clear up 
all the confusing headlines. You hear this from there, you hear that from there, and you try to make sense of it all. So Adley, take it away. I really don't understand why everybody isn't following the same rules right now. They're very clear. So let's take a minute and let's go over them again. First, you must not leave the house for any reason, unless of course you have a reason, and then you may leave the house. <laughs> all stores are closed except those that are open. And all stores must close unless, of course, they need to stay open. This virus is deadly. But don't be afraid of it. It can only kill people who are vulnerable and also those who are not vulnerable. We should stay locked down until the virus stops infecting people. And it will only stop infecting people if enough of us get infected that we build immunity. So it is very important that we get infected and also do not get infected. You should not go to the doctor's office or the hospital unless you have to go there. Unless, of course, you are too sick to go there. <laughs> it's a little confusing, but she goes on and it's so true. It's It seems like it is is that confusing when we're trying to decipher it again i want to i want to preface uh this by this next part by saying really get the most truthful and honest news that you and the most concise news right here on the voice of st louis kmox our news department uh, headed up by beth coglin does a fantastic job on a local level national and international level hats off to the department but uh, a little bit more before we uh, before we close out the show here's a little bit more of adley's uh, advice on what we should believe virus has no effect on children except for those children in which it affects the <laughs> virus remains active on different surfaces for two hours or four hours or six hours but in most cases it's days and not hours and it needs a damp environment or a cold environment that is warm and dry in the air unless the air is plastic <laughs> okay, I just wanted to share that with you. With all the stuff that we are seeing, it is it is very confusing. I really, truly hope you continue to stay safe, wear a mask, wear gloves, wash your hands, all that good stuff, and keep tuned to the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. My name is Bo Matthews. I'll talk to you next week.